Inspired by a galaxy far, far away, you're listening to Fans of the Force Podcast. So intense. I mean, I was, my heart was beating. It's still beating now. I not get enough of it. I want to see it again already. A lot of action, a lot of noise. It's more than just a movie. It's kind of like a lifestyle, I guess, almost. Everybody was out there just screaming, yelling. The Lucasfilm logo came up. That was the best. I, I like Darth Vader. It was intense. It was incredible. I loved it. It was awesome. You know, you guys have been there from the very start. You are more like family than fans. Hey everyone listening, this is Adrian, and welcome to episode number two of Fans of the Force podcast, our weekly lightspeed jump to the galaxy far, far away. Before we get started, I'd like to introduce my awesome podcast co-pilots, John and Kat Ray. What's the word, everyone? Hey Adrian, how's it going? How's it going, you guys? I missed you this week. I can't wait to talk some serious Star Wars. Let's get to it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so today we're going to talk about uh, what kind of genres we'd like Star Wars to tackle, you know, be it in movies, shows, novels, etc. Uh, we got another Clone Wars Rewind and, and another Would You Rather. But uh, before we get to all that, how's about we start out with some Star Wars news? This is all coming with an urgent message. Not much going on in the news right now, um, but a couple of tidbits. Uh, it was announced yesterday, April 25th. Uh, that the release date for episode nine is going mm. to be May 24th, 2019. Uh, so we're going to see Star Wars back in the month of May, which is kind of exciting, as opposed to the current December I releases. I like the Dece- their releases. Um, the best part of the trailers are <laughs> this Christmas. Kind of- <laughs> well, I like the December releases because my birthday's in December, and Ooh. it's always... They're they're launching these movies right at my birthday. Like mine's oh, the, fun. mine's the sixteenth, and like oh, dang. one of the Star Wars <laughs> movies fell on the sixteenth. That must have been a great oh, birthday. Nice. It was it was the best birthday ever. <laughs> except the time I went. Except the time I went to Maui. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. epic. Hard to beat that. I never yeah. <laughs> I'd never been swimming on my birthday before. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And then let's see. Um, there's also with the uh, announcement that season four will be the final season of Rebels. It's also been announced that season four is going to have a reduced number of episodes, 15 instead of the 22 that we've seen in seasons two and three. Slackers! Um, But they say that uh, it's going to follow a more serialized storytelling format. So I think maybe closer to series or season one, um, where it was maybe much more tightly plotted. I'm okay with that. I am so okay with that. (laughs) So we'll see where that leads us. It sounds like it's going to have several kind of overarching storylines. I'm excited. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to that, seeing how it all fits together and comes to a close. At this point in the Clone Wars series, anyway, um, that's when it was like it was at its peak, right? At least for me, anyway. Clone yes, Wars got yeah. good after season during season three, then season four, five, and six were just ugh. 
So I, I'm I'm pumped <laughs> for season four of Rebels because of that. They finally found their groove. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, um, season three, I thought, you know, uh, had some cer- certain highlights that that we all were just like stunned by. But I'm excited. Season four, it's got to be even better. I mean, because I think you're right. I think any good show really catches its groove halfway through season three and then starts to get really good. Yeah. I mean, you take a look at The Simpsons, yeah, for example. Yeah, totally. I was just, I was just thinking The Simpsons. When, <laughs> right on. Simpsons season three is when things just really got tight and dialed in. And it was like, it was appointment TV viewing. You had to tune in. And, and same with South Park season three is when things really got exciting, you know? So maybe it's just animated shows. I don't know. But uh, season three is when it peaks. Season three is when it starts to get great. And then it usually, you know, with if you keep the writing going, it stays great. Yeah. Yeah. So and then I guess finally to to wrap things up, um, if you care about such things, there's been a lot of debate um, after the trailer oh, was released <laughs> and Ryan Johnson confirmed that he did indeed move Kylo Ren's scar. Continuity. <laughs> so My just, continuity. Yeah. My so if you're, <laughs> yeah, if you're really a stickler for continuity, uh, which some people are. Um, you may have a bone to pick with Ryan Johnson about that. Um, so you can tweet at him if you wish, but he'll pretty much shoot you right down. So. And Ryan Johnson, we trust. <laughs> yeah. You guys know how I feel about that. <laughs> they wanted it. Yeah. They wanted it to be more aesthetically pleasing. So whatever that means to you. I mean, I'm okay with the Anakin Skywalker look he's got going on now. Cause I kind of agree the having a scar going down the bridge of his nose, kind of splitting his face in half. That'd be annoying after a while, I think. More work for the makeup artists. <laughs> you know, it could be explained in universe yeah, too, I, I, right? Bakta tank, you know, kind of moved it somehow because because reasons. Because <laughs> reasons, yeah. Because because dark side reasons. Dark side reasons. <laughs> but no, I I don't mind it either. I I kind of thought when he got that scar. That it was like, oh, yeah, that that looks pretty bad, you know? <laughs> like, not just like bad, like, oh, he cut himself pretty bad and it looks horrible. But it's like, yeah, I'd, I'd kind of rather have the scar on one side it, of the face. It I don't wasn't know. an epic. Why, why is it that we're all, why, yeah, why, why is it that we all want it on one side of the face? It's because it's, it's exactly. more aesthetically pleasing like that. But why is that? <laughs> Makes him into a sexy bad boy. I okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. That must be it for me. That's totally what I was thinking in the theater. It's like, ooh, that's Scar. I just lo- he just lost all sex appeal for me. But <laughs> <laughs> but they move it over the eye. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think yeah. Totally. For whatever reason, having it on one side makes it look badass. Makes it look like a warrior wound. Yeah. wound. Running right. it down the middle kind of right. gives it this derpy kind of kind of thing. <laughs> right, it does kind of like like he walked into a wall or something, you know? Derp! Oh, I bumped myself. <laughs> so I, I am, I'm totally fine with it. Uh, 
I mean, I am a stickler for continuity yeah. usually too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. But I don't, I don't mind, mind this ones. choice. Yeah, it could just be my Ryan Johnson fanboy. I would have been more bugged if there was no scar. Yeah. Yeah. Like if Agreed. they if they'd have said, "Well, no, we healed it," I'd have been like, "No, come on." We gave it. We His gave him a new face. His face was cloven. His face was cloven. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. I don't really mind it either. I'm not. I don't have a personal preference either way if they would kept it or now that they've moved it. So. Oh come on, Cat! You you gotta have a stance on Scargate. He he, he got you. <laughs> I'm fine. All right, I'm fine. I don't I don't care that he moved it. It's fine. No, Cat. Okay. That's fine. Cool. All right. That's it for the news. Sweet. Uh, so like I mentioned earlier, today we're going to be talking about what kind of genres we like to see in Star Wars stories. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, just what other little subgenres we like Star Wars to tackle. Like Rogue One, for example, was a war movie. I mean, th- they're all war yeah. movies in Star Wars, but Rogue right, One had right, that. Yeah. So keep with that theme, but... Maybe do one kind of like a, in a film noir kind of. Yeah, detective uh, style. Star Wars movie. Yeah. Dope. Yeah. And do it with like black and white and artsy. All right, John, you got you to <laughs> no, back that'd away. That'd be pretty horrible. <laughs> no, they, yeah, that'd be pretty terrible. No, but I'm glad you brought that up because one of the main reasons I wanted to talk about this is because Star Wars is constantly flirting with a lot of these different type of genres so you just brought sure. up the mm-hmm. film noir like the detective thing we totally got that in uh, attack of the clones with obi-wan's investigation yeah totally he's going yeah. to diners trying to get information he even went to the yeah. diner for crying out loud <laughs> there's that shot of him when he arrives in geonosis going up the side of the mountain with the full moon that's total noir aesthetics yeah so yeah that's a it's we're always getting this kind of stuff in star wars I would like to see. Yeah, that. Star Wars has always been a mishmash. Uh, so for me specifically, I would love to see some sort of horror sci-fi type of type of story. Oh wow! Yeah. What what, what do you envision that they would do, or what's kind of your ideal? I don't know. Plot, wild speculation. If they were to do something like that, well, I don't have a. Well, I kind—I guess I kind of do have a plot, but like, <laughs> well, like for Rogue One, right? The last uh, minute or so turned into a horror movie, <laughs> right? Suddenly, <laughs> oh no, no, you with Vader. Yeah. It, the yeah. movie went from war movie to Jason Voorhees. <laughs> you know the lights—the lights are all off. There's this red glow. It's eerie. You just hear the breathing. Sure, it's Vader in Star Wars, but that is totally a horror movie. I, you're totally right. I hadn't thought of it uh-huh. that way. You're absolutely right. That is that is Freddy Krueger. That is Jason. That's Mike Myers. Exactly. Or Michael Myers. So- not the comedian, Mike Myers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. So if, if you... Yeah. I'm sorry? Well, I've... I- Oh, I was just going to say that, you know, there have been some people when speculating about spinoffs that they would like, you know, bring up, oh, a movie about Darth Vader in between Revenge of the Sith and I guess Rogue One. Um, And yeah, I could totally see, you know, Vader hunting down enemies 
Jedi that escaped Order 66. You could totally spin that as a horror. Yeah, so ima- yeah. imagine a group of, a of like Padawans or something that survived. They're just being hunted down on some like <laughs> swamp planet or something. Oh god. But it's all but it's all from their perspective. So all we see we know it's Vader, but we don't get Vader's side. So we only see Vader through the through the eyes of these poor Padawans. Oh, oh god. That's horrible. Right? It is. And who and then at the end, one of them's in a rowboat. <laughs> Vader comes up out of the water. No? No, the the, the, the little young he slaughtered. Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. That that guy, he pops up and grabs yeah. the last survivor. Oh, oh. <laughs> but uh, it, like so like uh like the noir stuff in Attack of the Clones. Star Wars has been kind of littered with these kind of horror movie aesthetics for for a while. Um, we talked about Vader Rogue One thing, the Rogue One scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, think back to the Clone Wars when uh, Savage finds Maul. You got some body horror elements right there with the spider legs and some psychological stuff going on with his state of mind. You have no idea what this guy's going to do. That's So you got you got horror right right there, too. And again, with Kenobi confronts Maul again for the first time, he's literally on the mount of fire looking like a demon. (laughs) Yeah. Anything with the Night Sisters, you know, it, it taps into the fear of the unknown and like the occult type of stuff. They literally use zombies. Yeah, they did. They totally did. You're right. The the stuff with the Geonosians, with the worms. It it Mm kind of had like this thing, the the thing, John Carpenter's the thing uh, kind of vibe for me. Because who's infected? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. See, oh, just talking about it. Like, I want a Star Wars horror movie. Because we're always getting treats of it. We're always getting little bits of it. But I, I want to. Uh, like, the Zillow yeah. Beast was like Godzilla movie. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. The- yes. I was actually I was really struck by that. I rewatched the Zillow Beast arc not too long ago, and I was like, "It's Godzilla on Coruscant." Right. I mean, that's basically what the episode is. And I mean, I I knew that the first time I watched it, but it really struck me the second time. Anyway, because yeah, you realize, so, like, holy crap, yeah, they're giving us a Godzilla movie <laughs> in Star Wars. Just like the Night Sisters gave us Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. 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 And so. Yeah, but Star Wars has always been a mishmash of a whole bunch of genres coming together. You had the the knights and wizards. You've, you know, the cowboy westerns, yep. uh, mm-hmm. the samurai genres, um, all of that, you know, presented in space. So it's always been kind of this amalgam of different different great genres that that i i don't have a problem watching it tip one way or another um a straight up western would be so cool star yeah. wars style yeah you guys yeah. ever uh, read the kenobi novel agreed it's legends now but i have not read that yet uh, but i think it reads it's like a, a total a western, western yeah would is it really Ken- kenobi is the mysterious new man in town the yeah, Lone Ranger, like, Ranger. who is this bearded man? Why don't we know him? Who is he? Where did he come from? He totally has that vibe going, going on. It's it's a, it's a good Star Wars neo western. I guess it would be considered a neo western. Sure, I, yeah, <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> but uh, if you're gonna read any legend stuff, I recommend that one. Really enjoyed it. 
I've I've got it on my Kindle. I just me too. Read it, so I read it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they ever give us the Obi Wan Kenobi movie, we all want and deserve. And then I I have a feeling that would be a Western in theme, just because probably any movie that they would do with him would take place. I mean, it could be wrong, but also in between in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Yeah. So it would make sense if you're on a desert planet, you know, in a lawless <laughs> outer rim no, territory. Yeah. <laughs> People talk but... about a potential Obi-Wan movie like, yeah, you know, he wasn't on Tatooine the whole 20 years. No, I, I want I want that character study Western, you know, just living in the desert for 20 years, looking after the son of your yeah. brother, essentially. Sure. Yeah. Communing Haunted with the force. By, yeah, exactly. I Qui-Gon. mean, there's a lot of potential there for a great character study. Well, sure, you got the the Tuscan Raiders that kind of take the the Native American um kind of placeholder there, you know, because they they live in huts that are much like the teepees. You've got to read right? Kenobi. <laughs> yeah. You're you're describing it right now exactly. You've you've got the Jawas that come in on the giant stagecoach once in a while, and yeah, and then occasionally he's got to go into town to get supplies, right? So, what kind of yep. gunfights do they have at the uh, the Anchorhead Corral? You know, yeah. shoot out at the Anchorhead Corral. Right. Yeah. That's what we need. Pretty sure Kenobi gets in a fight every you know, time he goes into town. So I, Yeah, I, I bet that there's probably some kind of bar brawl in the um the Tashi Station saloon. <laughs> I don't know about the Tashi Station, but so John, you are breaking down a lot of major moments in the Kenobi novel. <laughs> really? Are. So I'm I'm basically rewriting a story that's already been written. No, yeah. but that, that just shows how clearly we Right for a movie like that we are. Yeah, clearly we all have a singular <laughs> idea of what it will yeah. involve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the new uh, Star Wars comics, oh. every now and again, goes back to it. In the comics, Luke has a Ben's journal. And we're yeah. getting, every now and again, yeah. we get yeah. a, an issue where it's an Obi-Wan story just in his time in his exile. And those are my favorite issues, to be honest. They're great. Yeah, they've been really good. It's definitely one of my favorite parts of the the ongoing Star Wars yeah. book. It's been the Kenobi journal entries. So imagine a whole movie like that. <laughs> That'd be cool. Like, like it'd be like Logan, but <laughs> Kenobi or Obi Wan. <laughs> oh my god! Give me a Obi Wan Logan type of movie. Oh, I will. I will weep. Oh, that would oh, be crazy be cool. That really would yeah. be. You know what would be cool too is if we got a Rex, like uh, Rambo type movie with Rex, <laughs> an over the top action flick. <laughs> totally. <laughs> and he's got all his all his clone commandos with him, and they're they're fighting, you know, against uh, an outpost, Imperial outpost. And it's they go Rambo style. <laughs> that could be pretty awesome. Yeah, I, could, I could totally see a Roger, Roger. Then he shoots someone. 
leading to a big old yeah. shootout. <laughs> I'd be done with that. Oh, yeah. It'd be great to see some 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 more some some of the clones in live action. You mm-hmm. know, we've only really seen them, you know, bits in Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, but and Return of the Jedi. Cool get some more. Yeah, and Return of the Jedi. <laughs> now, yeah. yeah. Okay. One, one that we know of. So we didn't know it then, but now we do. Yeah. <laughs> How Red do you guys Con, feel Red about Con. that? <laughs> I love it. Why not? Why the great. heck not? I totally. Yeah, it doesn't bother me. I I think it's cool that they were they're able to like oh there's this guy who kind of looks like this other character yeah why not <laughs> sure now they got to find that original actor. And give him the credit. Oh, yeah. No, you yeah. have a character name. The next special edition. I think he does have a name somewhere, yeah. but I, I, I forgot tell his name you too. what it is. I know they Sorry. call him Gramps. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, when you think about it by that point, yeah, it works. So the next special edition release is going to have an extra credit there. What's his name as Rex? <laughs> right. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> How about if we had a movie uh, that took place on Naboo? Now, follow me here. All we right. Are, we are. <laughs> Takes place on Naboo, um, just outside of the core, and it's like Jaws. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so a monster movie? Right. A yeah. Feature. Monster. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. Pablo, hire us, uh, please. <laughs> we got ideas, man. Yeah. Somewhere Pablo's like ears right? are burning. Like, no, no, stay away. Now, John, that would be really cool. Yeah, a uh, uh, creature feature, a ship crash lands in the middle of a uh, Naboo Lake. Right. And- they're just being picked off one by one by. Oh yeah, one of those giant giant fish monsters. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna need a bigger <laughs> ship. <laughs> yeah, and you know, since John Williams did the score for Jaws, they can just reuse the Jaws scores in its entirety. Totally. Why not? <laughs> Star Wars it up a little and call it good. <laughs> And this is why Pablo's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Kat? What kind of John? No, at this at this okay. point, Pablo's going, wait till you see the new Han Solo movie. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Well, speaking of the, the new Han Solo movie, I hope they're doing that in a like heist comedy sort of genre because I could really see that working um for Han Solo. Um, that just seems appropriate. Um, or if not Han Solo, maybe doing that in some other setting. Um, because, I mean, Rogue One is, I mean, technically it is a heist, but not in the sense that we're, you know, I'm oh, thinking of something like yeah, the Italian yeah. job or Ocean's Eleven or something where, you know, it's <laughs> nobody dies. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's funny you brought that up, too, because I was thinking a heist movie would be great. But for that new Bounty Hunter movie that they keep talking about, the Boba Fett Bounty Hunter Ensemble that they 
Gabriel Oh, Ryan. yeah, yeah. Fetz 11 is what yeah. I was yeah, thinking but... about it as. <laughs> Fetz 11. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so something something like that I think could fit in really well in the Star Wars universe kind of with the, the humor uh, totally. and the, you know, high stakes but not necessarily um, – <laughs> but but not everybody dying basically not rogue one not not, i think you're i think you're hitting the <laughs> nail on the head there because rogue one was such a dark film right i think with han solo they're gonna yeah. go the opposite route and just give us something incredibly lighthearted and cheeky it's it, it's another experiment I mean, to we'll see, cons- okay we can do really dark spinoffs can we do really light comedic spinoffs yeah yeah, well, and I think because it's it's Phil Lord and Chris oh, Miller, yeah. right? Are the and so they did the Lego Everything movie, is awesome. so which is yeah, which is fun, you know, <laughs> a funny movie. So I'm sure there will be a lot of humor uh, in the in the Han Solo spinoff. Um, personally, I'd actually also like to see um, Star Wars tackle. Uh, like a real honest to god full-length animated movie not like the clone wars like a standalone animated film um especially if they were going to do something like like the siege of mandalore Mm -hmm. or something maybe finish off the clone wars in some giant um (laughs) standalone animated feature well i get the feeling we might see some of that in rebels Possibly, yeah. Episode one of season four uh-huh. is deals. It's a Mandalore episode. Yeah, but I'm I'm thinking more at the end of the Clone oh, Wars that, yeah. okay. when Ahsoka goes back to Mandalore oh, to save it at. from Maul and has part of the five hundred first, and Rex is there. And yeah, I'd really the prologue for Ahsoka, right? But, but seeing it played out, yeah, hmm. yeah. but. I, I would, um, I don't know. I just, you know, Filoni and his team have done such a great job with the the animated series that I think it could be cool for Star Wars to actually try to do a, like, real full-length animated feature. And maybe so maybe in that case you know maybe it shouldn't be connected to anything it should just be its own thing and i don't know necessarily what they would do with that but you know they've created all this cool technology they've got some beautiful animation i you know i think it's possible they could do that no Um, totally so guys i got it it's the the obvious choice is staring at all of us, and we haven't even discussed it yet. Why haven't we come to this conclusion yet? Better tell, than Jaws? Tell us, John. Tell us. The Max Rebo Band rockumentary. <laughs> come oh on. God. We all want it. <laughs> you know, oh my. Times, times like these, I'm, I'm, I'm sad that we're not doing a vlog or a video podcast. Just so we could see the reactions, <laughs> right? We were all we were all leaning in like, "Ooh, Max Rebo," uh. and and then here's oh. yeah, yeah. John put his clown hat on again. Okay, never mind. No, dude, I, I, dude, I would watch it. I would totally like, watch it. Yeah. Instead of this is Spinal Tap, 
This is Spinal Max. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, I think Pablo's having a stroke right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's force choking me long distance. <laughs> force choking. <laughs> Uh, yeah, oh. that'd be a Max Rebo mockumentary. Would that fit under like a, a Star Wars spoof type of thing? I don't know, but it'll go past 11. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your drum kit, John? Uh, <laughs> you know, although that does bring off in, in crazy um, things that we will probably never, ever see, but that I would totally sign up for is a Star Wars musical. Uh, Robot Chicken did it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Robot Chicken kind of has, but I'm thinking, um, you know, there's a, and I'm totally blanking on the name, losing all my nerd cred, but there was a group of people that put together like a Harry Potter musical. And, you know, it's up on YouTube and God, it would just, I think it could be hilarious to have something like that for Star Wars. It doesn't even need to be a new story. I just like to see like everybody singing in the original trilogy. Oh, good lord! <laughs> I think that would be great. Well, um, Star Wars has also kind of flirted with that. Chewie, <laughs> Chewie, can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> but we <laughs> see we got some of that in it could totally Android work in the uh, in Rebels this this year. Totally, so yeah. Right. Even musicals have yeah. been flirted AP5. with in the series. Yeah. I loved that, so... Um, I'm sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think it could be hilarious. I'm not saying it would ever actually happen or even be realistic, but, you know, live the dream, right? Wait, so, so it's there Disney, we go. So it's do it. <laughs> Ray, I will make a Jedi out of you. Boom. (laughs) There you go. What's that droid's name? AP5. AP5. Speaking of AP5, I mean, does he totally remind you, whoever the voice actor is? Stephen Stanton. Is it? It sounds just like Snape from Harry Potter. Like, identical. Yeah, it is Steven Stanton. Yeah, I was gonna... (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that was purposeful. Was it? All right. Yes, I think he he deliberately made that choice, uh, especially after Alan Rickman passed away. Okay. I think he specifically... think he specifically made that choice to sound like him. It's so perfect. After all this time... Always. <laughs> so, anyway, that's what... <laughs> those are some of my thoughts on... Uh, there was uh, recently... Maybe not recently. It was before Celebration, where I think it was... <sighs> Star Wars Newsnet had an article about, you know, speculating about the spinoffs and... That one potential would be a more of a romantic based movie, romance based movie. A so. droid love story. That sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I don't think that's where they were going with oh, it, John. Oh, damn it. Uh, <laughs> An astromech uh, love story. Right. An yeah. imperial mouse yeah, droid. I think it was going to be more. Rebel astromech. It can never work out. <laughs> we come from different worlds. <laughs> yeah. I think it I think it was going to be more of a, you know, uh gosh, uh star-crossed, star-crossed lovers, you uh-huh. know. Yeah. One one's a rebel, one's an oh, imperial. Like, oh, like lost okay. stars, right? Is it Kind of like lost stars except not. I mean, I don't know who knows if that would ever actually happen. I think it could work though, something like that if they were to pursue there's a, it. There's a fan film um, on YouTube that I watched recently, well, not recently, like a couple months ago. It's a uh, totally that. It's a uh, people separated by war. Once a rebel, once a an imperial, and they're having this total mm-hmm. show. Then, at, then at the end, they realize who they are. And uh, let's see if I can find the link for that. It was a very well done yeah. uh, fan production. I mean, you kind of saw it coming, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was still kind of neat. Yeah, but I I think I think Star Wars has the like the the universe and with Disney kind of in charge of everything. I think I think there's the capacity for that to work within um within the Star Wars universe. No, totally. Yeah. If that's your thing. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, can you imagine Hondo Onaka <laughs> saying It'll never work out between us, click clack. Click clack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, click you know I like oh, it, but I just God, wouldn't I love for H- Hondo Onaka to show up in something? That would be great. Yeah, that'd be epic. <laughs> what about a what about a clone Jedi romance? <laughs> Did you say clown clone Jedi? A cl- clone, clone, oh. clone slash oh my Jedi God. romance. They're in the. They're Pretty in the sure you war. can read about that on the internet. <laughs> How about the love story of Mon Mothma and Saw Gerrera? I think that needs to happen. <laughs> you think there's a little something there? I don't know. You're too Might extreme. <laughs> Bitter exes. <laughs> oh God! What about Maz and Chewie? Yeah, there you we know go. What? I would be totally no j- no joke. I would be totally down with that. Like uh. them as teenagers cuz they're both ancient, right? I think I think Maz has a few years on so Chewbacca. Yeah, she probably yeah. does. She's she's a bit of a cougar. <laughs> Still I I mean he's like what? 300 years old himself, right? Like 400 or something maybe it depends on which if you're going by legends or the new i don't know yeah something like that is about 200 i think yeah 200 about 204 234 is what it says yeah 234 <laughs> just saw that if if you're looking if you're looking on the interwebs so I'll take your word for it. Well, Maz, according to Google, Maz can't be that much what older. It comes up with. Didn't she say she was is over she a, thousand? a thousand years old in is the Force Awakens? Thousand? She is over a thousand. Yeah. 
That is yeah. quite Wow, the... that's a... So, she, so she's got 800 years on the guy. <laughs> she's got a Yoda lifetime on Chewbacca. Yeah. Okay, well, that'd be kind of interesting, I guess. <laughs> she loves that Wookiee, though. <laughs> Who doesn't? Right, right. Can you blame her? I'm I'm ser- sorry. I'm like imagining right now with Chewie and Maz, like them on a date, like in a rotating restaurant. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine the small talk. <laughs> right. And he takes a swig of his wine or whatever. Right. I bet they got up to some trouble. <laughs> hey, that Wookie wine's got to be pretty good. <laughs> Kashyyyk Vintage. Great year. I wonder if there is something there, all, all kidding aside. Nah, I think it, it's an ongoing inside joke. Okay, all right. Sorry, John. Maybe. You know, che- Chewy is married, so... And has at least one child. Right. But maybe this romance took place before he met her. That's kind of worse, though, wouldn't it? Because that makes Chewie much <laughs> younger. Well, yeah. I mean, <sighs> she goes for okay. the young pups. <laughs> God. Cradle uh, robber. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah, going down a yeah, path I cannot follow. Uh, let's reel it in. <laughs> All right, so Kat, we got musical, romance, heist, John, creature feature, which I think would be super dope. Uh, Western. I, I think I made a good case for my horror movie. <laughs> totally. Totally, yeah. Let's see what's something. Oh yeah, and the and the and the film noir noir film. There was there oh, was yeah. talk back in the day too back. When it was first announced uh, that Disney uh, was going to make more movies, that uh, Zack Snyder was going to make like this Last Samurai style Jedi movie uh, for them. However, you feel about Zack Snyder aside, um, <laughs> I could totally see something like that working too. Like a couple of Jedi, their last stand during Order 66 or something. Yeah, or a yeah. couple of Jedi during the end of the Sith yeah. War. Just holding out. Yeah. Oh, take it way back, yeah. yeah. I could totally see something like that going down, too. Talking about, you know, it deals with all the honor that Jedis, you know, are are uh, raised with. The protecting the innocent. Just really focus in on the, on the honor aspect of it. Yeah, that could be cool. I mean, I could see like a a film noir uh, type movie really working for like, you know, again, feel stuck, stuck in a rut. But uh, between Revenge (laughs) of the Sith and A New Hope, like on Coruscant, you know, some, you know, whatever the mystery happens to be. But, you know, you've got this kind of looming presence with the Empire and I could be a good, you know, non non Jedi, non, you know, kind of like Rogue. Uh, Rogue One where there's no active 
I guess, force users. Um, you know, I could really see that working in a setting like that. Um, After Empire, Luke starts his own Jedi school, and they have an Animal House fraternity. Oh, God. Oh, Shla. Oh, We're talking blockbuster. <laughs> well, that's why Ben got so screwed up. That's right. <laughs> he was the Niedermeyer. Luke, you done screwed up, man. <laughs> Old Jedi were too strict. You were too, uh, too, too loose, man. Too loose. Cool, Dad. I just, <laughs> I want my students to like me. Hey, everybody! I have an announcement. You're all on the con- council. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this mean Ben Solo's on double secret probation? Like, what? <laughs> yes, totally. It's, it's, it's all a Oh, ruse. what about a... Mind if, mind if we dance with your Ewoks? <laughs> <laughs> what, about a, what about a neighbor style... Uh, have you guys seen Neighbors? The Seth Rogen movie with Zac Efron? Oh, I guess no. should. it's hilarious. No. But what about a Knights of Ren, Luke Jedi Order, uh, fraternity house versus type of thing? I like Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah, exactly. And Bill Murray's in that one as a character. Right. You have to be. Mm -hmm. He's the groundkeeper. So you guys like, uh, you like Overs? (laughs) The Octu, uh, uh, groundskeeper. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. We're so, we're sorry, Pablo. We're so sorry. Yeah. Everyone's like, click. I'm never listening to this podcast again. No, they have to listen to it every time. It's all in good fun. The conversation yeah, totally. did start seriously. I don't know what happened, but <laughs> I happened. Come on, John. Dove into the deep end. We're trying to outrun a Naboo fish monster right. thing. What about a swamp full of rat tars? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Does Naboo have rat tars? Can you find them there? Are they aquatic? I don't I don't think so. I don't know. I haven't done any rat tar research. So. Darth Maul finds them on like a jungle planet, though. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. in in the current Darth Maul book, so I don't think they're water creatures. Amphibious, maybe. T- tangent. Um, <laughs> maybe. Raptors, man, just had to be raptors. <laughs> well, according according to Disney dot <laughs> Rathtars are dangerous tentacled predators known for their sophisticated techniques as pack hunters. These slimy horrors were responsible for the infamous Trillia Massacre, which which has made them irresistible to decadent collectors seeking exotic pets for their menageries. So they're like the raptors of Star Wars. Right. Pretty much. Ooh, what about a Jurassic Park style thing? Rattard Park. Oh yeah, yeah. And all the Rattards get loose. 
That could kind of work with John's creature yeah, feature. Totally. Uh, yeah. Creature feature. And, and then at the end, there's a giant Rattar, and it's like, oh my God, how is, are we going to get out of this? And then, boom, the Zillow Beast comes out of nowhere, and then you got your kaiju fight at the end. <laughs> right. There we go. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Throw in a Rancor. We're good to go. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got so many creepy cool creatures from all over star wars you could totally make that happen you know all all kidding aside i know know we're kind of have joking with a lot of these it just shows (laughs) how much potential there is for all of these you know genres to be given their story their time in the sun be beyond just uh an episode or two that kind of flirts with it with the imagery at least Yeah, I mean, Star Wars is so diverse. You could go in so many different directions. Yeah. I mean, it, like, just the Clone Wars, I mean, it's daunting to me that, yeah, we have, that all in the same series, we have a kaiju thing, we have a kaiju story, we have a war story, then we have a buddy cop story, too, all in the same season. It's like, <laughs> wow. Does it always... Does it gel all the time? Not really. But when it works, it yeah. totally <laughs> kicks butt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, and that's that's the cool thing about that particular series, Clone Wars, was one where they had they had all the opportunity to do that kind of stuff. And with Rebels being cut down to one season, we're not going to get stories like that. And any other, you know, where where are we going to get those Star Wars stories, those random, really wacky Star Wars stories to to really kind of flesh out some of these silly ideas like the ones we're coming up? I mean, hopefully they're working on another animated series to, to take place. Uh, you know they are. Uh, take the place of Rebels. I mean, they've got to be, right? That's that's another podcast oh, yeah. episode, my friend. Because <laughs> I know we got ideas for that too, or what we like to see. Yeah, Jedi Academy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ben Solo, <laughs> Mark Hamill voicing Luke Skywalker. <laughs> right. Oh, sorry, little, little thing in my throat. <clears throat> yeah, huh, I don't uh, know what that was. <laughs> Yeah, I just I just think there's there's I mean, the the great thing about the fact that they're doing all the spin-off movies now is that there is this potential to go anywhere basically. And you know, there's probably going to be some people that aren't are not going to dig it uh depending on what style or potentially what the story is, but you know, the Star Wars fandom is a huge group of diverse people and so i think it's great that you know star wars can kind of touch in all these different areas and draw people in so it'd be it'd be fun to see where they go with some of these how many risks they're willing to take i mean i don't know how many risks they'll be willing to take you know how how safe they're gonna want to play it um and maybe we'll know get a feeling for a little bit more after the han solo movie comes out um you know kind of take a step further back um 
So we'll see. If Rogue One's any indication as to what the future of Star Wars is going to be like, I say, I I think it's going to be good. I think we're in good hands for the next couple of years. I think so, too. What a time to be alive. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) So on that note... Yeah, I think it's time for Star Wars Would You Rather. And now it's time for the game that's sweeping the galaxy from the ice planet of Hoth to the sun-drenched sands of Jakku. It's time for Star Wars Would You Rather. Sorry about the mess. Move along. Move along. But droids are not welcome here. They're ruining the whole game. Well, I was uh, really thinking about this one, and and this is probably a no-brainer, but um, would you rather spend the rest of your living days on the ice planet Hoth or the desert planet of Tatooine? (laughs) Oh, gosh. So Hoth would be a good mix-up for for you. Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. I don't know, man. The the local do-bag jerky here is really good. (laughs) I don't know how uh, wampa jerky tastes like. Wampa meat. Right. That's really hard, you know, as a child of the Northwest and being used to a very temperate climate, I don't really do well in in either extreme cold <laughs> yeah. or extreme heat. Right. Um, so, but I think if I had to, oh, God, <laughs> I want I want to say Tatooine just because at least you've got two sons. And I don't want to be freezing my butt off all the time on Hoth. Um, so I guess I'm going with Tatooine. <laughs> hmm. Okay, so living underground because it gets too hot during the day because of two suns. Right. <laughs> or living underground because it gets too cold. Too cold living in an ice cave because it's too cold outside. <laughs> Tuscan Raiders coming into your place at night. Versus wampas. Or wampas trying to eat you. <laughs> See, that's, Tatooine at least has like civilization, you know. Hoth is just like this remote, giant ice cube. Ice cube. Right. Is is there a settlement? Is there but, a settlement out there that I can move into? Well, or am I just I, in a cave? I, we didn't see one. We didn't see one. No, but in, in this scenario, let's, can we assume there's a settlement on Hoth? I, I'm I'm gonna say no. I'm going to say what we know of Hoth is what we know of Hoth. Oh, God. <laughs> the abandoned rebel base. Yeah. The abandoned rebel base. Well, I mean, they they went to hide out. I can't imagine that they're going to pick a, a hideout planet that's got, you know, these little pocket communities of, of people going, hey, man, you like to come over and ride around in my new snow speeder? Come on, brah. I mean, it's... There's a reason why it was a desolate ice planet that they went to go hide on. Nobody wants to go there. <laughs> it's awful. You know, it'd be pretty cool to kill a wampa and then wear its fur. Right? 
or sleep inside a tauntaun. But that stinks. Ugh. They they smell worse yeah. on the inside, apparently. Uh Wow, I'm actually this is I can't decide on this one. Uh, do we need to start singing the Jeopardy theme doom, doom, yeah. song? Doom, 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 doom. Tattooing. Tattooing, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really kind of is a no-brainer. Tattooing at least has a cantina. So, you know. <laughs> so you can drink. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, uh, if if there was a cantina in Echo Base, we never saw it. <laughs> so, uh, give me Tatooine. All day long. Although Hoth <laughs> would be the perfect setting for one of those horror movies we talked about, like The Thing. Oh, for sure, yeah. 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 So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe I choose Hoth because I want to do a horror movie. <laughs> you know, another reason. I'll, to I'll get a, I'll get Kurt Russell out there and we'll do, let, him let him grow a beard, beard out. out. <laughs> no, but I go with tattooing just because, you know, civilization and basic living conditions and dirt farming. And you you don't have to shovel. <laughs> don't have to shovel. Oh, but sand does get everywhere. Shovel sand. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> it gets everywhere. What about you, John? You said tattooing, right? I did, yeah. It's no brainer. Tatooine, yeah. Tatooine. You know, tattooing does also allow me to get that uh, poncho that I want from the last episode. That's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, sweet poncho. You know, I'll do. I'll do it. That's my final answer. I'll do it for the poncho. <laughs> Sold. Just hang outside the Tashi Station power converter store all day. Just kind of, yeah. Come. Chilling in poncho. poncho. Yeah, got my poncho hat too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't got my power converters though. So. <laughs> Plus, you might you, you might stumble across a uh, a giant skeleton in the desert of a crate dragon. Yeah. Yeah, I could collect its teeth and sell them. <laughs> like like shark like shark tooth necklaces. But crate dragon totally. uh, teeth necklaces. I'm down. Yeah, tattooing. I'm used to it. I'm, today was yeah. a bit of a sandy day anyway, too. So I would thrive. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although I, I'm going to vacation occasionally on Naboo or... or oh, God, I forgot the name of the planet. Uh, Maz's castle is on. Tokodana. Oh, Tokodana. You know, just get away from the sand every now and again. Go to the go to the equivalent of, you know, space San Diego. Yeah, <laughs> space San Diego <gasps> sounds good. So wheat. We're all in agreement then. Tatooine seems to be the hands down best choice. <laughs> well, I mean, I already grew up in Hoth. I lived in Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Did you eat wampum meat? Oh, probably. <laughs> Who knows what mom was really cooking in there? We were poor. <laughs> All right, dope. You guys down for a little Clone Wars rewind? 
You fought in the Clone Wars? This week on Clone Wars Rewind, as we go in chronological order, uh, we all watched Hidden Enemy, which uh, is from Season 1, Episode 16, and it originally aired February 6th, 2009. Uh, And... The episode description for this episode is uh, Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi lead Republic forces in an attempt to defeat the droid armies and free the planet of Christophsis from the Separatist siege. When the Republic is ambushed and forced to retreat, it becomes clear that someone in their midst has set them up. The Jedi believe this infiltration is a Sith-backed operative and go behind enemy lines to investigate. Meanwhile, Captain Rex and Commander Cody set out to uncover the traitor amongst them. Dope. What What are your thoughts on this episode, guys? Immediately off, since we're watching, I've never watched these the series in chronological order before, right? Mm-hmm. So Same on here. one hand, it's making me appreciate the connectivity between it, because this is a great, great lead up to the movie. On the other hand, it's like, where's the ship? Where's Bail Organa? Where's, <laughs> you know, the, what, what happened to everything yeah, that was exactly. last week? Exactly. So, eh, I, I like the story threads. The continuity is kind of shaky between them, somehow. So, but I, I totally love these clone-centered episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they flesh them out, make them actual people with their own personalities. Um, I love seeing all the different hairstyles, the pinup poster in the room. It's like, that's such a nice touch. Like total. Oh, yeah, right? for sure. I mean, it's it's like army guys, exactly. you know, that's exactly what you would expect to go see at any any collection of guys anywhere that had no. uh no women available. You know what I mean? They're going to have a pinup poster somewhere. They're going to be like like goofing around in the in the barracks and all that stuff. And they're all going to have the weirdest haircuts you ever saw because they got bored and decided to cut each other's hair. And there's always that one crazy Dude, one. Dude, I'm giving you a double mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> Then there's the crazy one. Every every war movie has that one crazy character. And in this episode, it was huh, Chopper. <laughs> He's like this Apocalypse Now kind of traumatized character collecting fingers. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually, that part stood out to me. Um, because I think when I watched it before, I don't know if I really thought about or made much of an impact. But it's interesting. It was interesting to me anyway that they when they find out he's doing it they're like horrified and they're like it's forbidden and i was like why why would it be forbidden i guess i you know i've never been in the army so i don't you know have any personal experience with that but um i was trying to puzzle out why why i thought that would well, be well th- think think what, of the implications what my brain rash yeah go, go ahead john 
what my brain rationalized and 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 I don't know if you were even going close to this but you know droid parts there could easily be some kind of electrical component that's dormant that could be mm-hmm. transmitting some kind of information like um you know just uh, what the coordinates of that part are or something like that um that's kind of what I was thinking is that maybe there's just like a tracking device inside these things or something like that. That's a possibility. I actually didn't think of that. Uh, yeah, definitely is. I definitely did not think of that. My, my thing with that was, I mean, just, just think of the implications of it. So they're robots, right? They're droids. They're not actually alive, air quotes. But, yeah. you know, that's a real world, uh, real world practice that some soldiers do in wars. So... Obviously, That's there's no true. droids in our world. They're collecting actual, you know, mm-hmm. fingers, ears, you know, sometimes eyes. It's yeah. That's the way I, I see it is to try and control the trauma, the emotional trauma they're going through. Because if, if they start collecting body parts, what's what's next, you know? Yeah, they could rapidly spiral. So I could see why they would totally forbid much that kind worse. of contraband just because it, it's a gateway to something much darker. Oh, yeah, good point. I don't know why that didn't cross my mind when I was watching it. I was just kind of like, huh, okay. But, yeah, that's actually a really good point when you bring up the real world counterparts as opposed to, you know, just a piece of metal. Um, So it certainly has more gruesome implications as we translate it into the real world. That's why I like Chopper so much in this episode. I want more Chopper, I realize, just because that was... He's an outsider, even, you know, despite how close all the clones are, he's an outsider. Well, and it's interesting because that episode actually gives us, like, or shows us how different yeah. some of the clones can be. Because, right, you've got Cody and Rex, who are the very, like, staunch, you know, flesh and blood, you know, we believe in the mm-hmm. Republic, we are going to fight for the Republic to our deaths, you know, this is what we were born to do. And then you've got others like Chopper who is kind of going against or dark, you know, he's, he's doing his part, but he's kind of slipping, you know, he's not slick. And then slick who obviously becomes a traitor and is giving information to the enemy. And he says, you know, he's doing it because he wants something more and he want you know he's at, he's he is fighting for their freedom he's just not doing it the way they're doing it and i think it this episode has a lot of interesting implications for you know what it actually means to be a clone and you know when you think about it like they don't they didn't nope. have choice like they were all born for this and you know it definitely brings up some interesting like well you know slick kind of has a point right like the way he's going about it is obviously not the greatest you know selling information to the enemy getting his brothers killed um when potentially you know maybe he could have just like run away defected uh and we and see that left. too in some other episodes but Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, but it definitely kind of brings up the whole point. Well, like, how much control do the clones have? Like, could they actually say, no, I don't want to fight. You know, I'm I'm done. I'm tired of fighting. Well, yeah. Like, and that's kind of what he that's kind of what he was doing. You know, he was saying that that our clone brothers are enslaved by the Jedi and that mm-hmm. and that, you know, he was trying to release 
all of his brothers from this bondage. And yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting that even even as the bad guy in this episode, he was coming from a point of uh, a righteousness, at least in his own mm-hmm. mind. You know, um, I thought I, I thought that was just brilliant writing. You know that they they slip yeah. that part into it. It's not mm-hmm. okay. We've got a traitor, but in his mind, he's he's a liberator, not a traitor. Yeah, not totally. He wants to set them free. And that's why I think uh, Clone Wars really shines with these kind of the, with these clone centered episodes. As a kid, when I totally. was originally watching them, it's like I don't want to talk about the clones. I want to see Jedi stuff, but. The last time I, I binged the series, it made me really appreciate it just because I'm not looking at them as clones. Like, Attack of the Clones or Revenge yeah. of the Sith, where they're essentially just fleshy battle droids. Right. Um, yeah. The episodes like like this one totally make them their own characters with their own personalities. And you realize they mm-hmm. can be corrupted. They have feelings. They have their own agendas. Unlike They're human. They're human. Unlike the droids. Which makes every yeah. death, you know, every loss that much harder because you realize you also see how close they are. They're brothers, they're always calling each other brothers. They are their mm-hmm. family. So it's, it's just something I didn't appreciate as a kid watching it back in high school that I'm like, now it's like, yeah, that's, that's great writing. Even though yeah, I think and- at the end it got a little, because Slick kind of went a little too evil. Like he had that evil smirk yeah. going on. Like, eh. <laughs> right. You yeah. shouldn't be happy about this, bro. That's true. <laughs> yeah. What were you gonna say, John? I was gonna say, I mean, and it's just it shows like a uh God, the acting, the voice oh. acting for all the clones. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just it's so subtle the differences. And but I mean, here it is. I mean, it's all the same actor. The animators are are just slightly tweaking the same character model, and you get mm-hmm. these this wealth of just really cool individual characters that are just like the same character, but totally not. <laughs> and I never yeah. really felt that coming from watching the clones in the movies, you know, no. but watching them in this TV series has just been, yeah, it, it does. It, it gives you, it gives you something to really root for in the clones, you know? I mean, yeah, the series makes... is named after the clones for crying out loud. Why, <laughs> why shouldn't we start to be endeared to them? Yeah. And it just makes order 66 mm-hmm. hurt. Yeah. That much it does. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh, it really ouch. does. How about that? Yeah, go I go you ahead. First. <laughs> uh, well, I was I was just gonna say that you know I I think I think this is a good episode, but I agree with you, Adrian, that it's it kind of fits awkwardly to me in in terms of the chronology of the the Clone Wars because, and I specifically want to talk about oh, Ventress. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, with that, yeah, because like so, so Obi Wan and Anakin go out, and they know it's a trap, and that whole exchange is just kind of yeah. hilarious between the two of them. Um, 
and then they 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 get to the separatist headquarters and they you know ventress reveals herself and it is you know it it comes across to me anyway um and i think it's supposed to that they are familiar with her but to my knowledge unless you count the tartakovsky series which ventress does make an appearance in yeah as canon we don't actually meet ventress like until the movie so it's kind of it you know and like i don't mind that there's obviously some sort of interplay there and some sort of background that we don't know about yet um so you know you've kind of got obi-wan and ventress flirting with each other sassy obi-wan kenobi (laughs) but you're bringing up some really good points there because i i that's one of my biggest gripes with i don't know who i'm gonna say filoni because rebels does this too all these little oversights i see them as oversights for the sake of telling a good story which is i guess okay if the story's good enough but yeah we've never gotten a proper introduction to ventress you know, there was like, there's like what uh, I want to say yeah. at least a couple of months between Attack of the Clones and where we start off in the Clone War series. We there's that's Roughly, there's yeah. that's a time of space that's crucial. I think that we've never gotten. Same thing with Rex and the other clones and Rebels. When did they get their chips out? Yeah. How did they get their chips Good out? Point. That's there's uh, there's a lot of crucial moments like that <laughs> that have been glazed over that I think we need to really start connecting everything together because i remember as a kid i was like who the heck is this bald sith lady yeah and i mean if you if if we had gone in the regular order you know you watch the movie and she's there in the movie so you know it it makes sense in the way that they were aired chronologically it's a little bit weird it's a little bit wonky because i mean they act like they know her but the audience doesn't know her i mean if you were to start watching them chronologically at least so um that that kind of struck me as i was watching it this time to be like oh yeah that's kind of like i mean i can work with it and you know because yeah whatever (laughs) they've been fighting that's cool um I can I can work with there being history there already, but it does <laughs> well, kind th- of stand out for me. I I got to go back to the the micro series and see how she was introduced there, because I don't remember. I don't remember her first appearance in the micro series. Uh, it was pretty. Well, epic. I don't. I remember it. She and Anakin were fighting. Oh, but before that, she a uh, Count Dooku founder. Uh, oh. She was there was this whole arena thing. Uh, going on dooku was looking for someone and she's oh, the one that right. she totally decimated yes so she she called herself a yeah. sith dooku laughs it up laughs it off and then pretty much overpowers her then yeah. she wakes up they give her her oh, that's right. uh then she's off to go get anakin pretty much right oh i totally forgot about that yeah, I just remember in the Tartakovsky series where she and Anakin are like 
it looks like almost like they're fighting on like it, yeah or something like one of those masasi yeah. yeah. oh, okay well, <laughs> um, well there you, you know fighting it. on one of the it's temples yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's yeah that's what i was remembering but and i mean we do get a little bit of her backstory mm-hmm. later on not to jump ahead um the flashbacks right so yeah some flashbacks so but that's just one of the things that watching it in chronological order it's a little it's a little weird yeah just a little yeah i don't like that her yeah maybe little... m- maybe we should have started with the, with the micro series <laughs> could go back and watch the micro of course, series i don't later. have season two of the micro series i know it's blasphemy but i don't have it it's on, it YouTube. Is on youtube yeah i know but i i gotta own all this stuff no it paints me oh, that it's not on yeah. blu-ray is it on that Blu-ray? It pains me that it's not on Blu-ray. Oh, it's not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought you were telling me something that I was no. hoping to hear. No. I'm saddened. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, brother. But, oh, I'm saddened by it because it's such a great little series, but. It really is. I kind of yeah. buried it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe someday. Not. Or not. Because <laughs> it's not canon. part of canon or whatever. Right. Yeah. But. So you're not part of canon. So give us a canon introduction to Ventress that makes sense. Because, like you said earlier, if you're watching this for the first time and you you accept that there's history between them, you know you're you're gonna think there's a little bit, bit more history between her and Kenobi than her and Anakin. <laughs> it's true. I, I don't think most people know that she's like... the one that gave Anakin his scar. Right? Is that still canon? How he got his scar? I don't I don't know if it is or not. So Yeah. yeah I yeah. I think you're right. I think it is. That was that was the old EU explanation. I don't know if they kept that for Unless they referenced it in Clone Wars, which I don't remember. I don't think they do. So, so Yeah, so he it just, just bugs it. me that our first inter- proper introduction to this character isn't canon and they haven't filled it in properly <laughs> yeah and you know maybe that's part of that's just because we're we're not watching in the in the order that they Ooh. aired you know unless unless they went into it in dark disciples which i have not read i don't know if they do i haven't read that either i've <sighs> been meaning to i always I was under the impression that Dark Disciple was more like post. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's based off unused scripts for the series. Yeah, so I mean, maybe there are flashbacks or something. I have not read that book either, so I cannot. So I, I'm talking about how we have no intro, but I mean, I haven't actually read the book. So if anyone out there <laughs> listening wants to correct me on that. Please, please do so yeah. and enlighten us. You can spoil. Yeah, spoil the book. It's okay. Um, <laughs> so, so overall thoughts on this episode. Mm-hmm. Really great first and second uh, acts. Third act got kind of wonky for me. I, I, I feel like we could have gone the whole episode without the Jedi. And just focus more on the clones. 
I like the Jedi part of it just to give us that that element, you know. It it reinforces mm-hmm. why Slick was doing what he was because of these Jedi masters that um that are kind of like getting into these wacky adventures and all that stuff. I think there's there's a connecting bridge part there that was p- pretty necessary, but as a whole, I thought the episode was real good. Oh, yeah. Um, especially um, you know, the the the, the minuscule differences in, in all the clone characters. Yeah, I think this episode is really good um as a way to kind of start fleshing out the clones as individual characters, um, and kind of focusing having Rex and Cody, who are two of I guess the bigger, um, more prominent clones, uh, kind of introduce them and bring them to the forefront. So, um, yeah, I think, I think it's a, I think it's an enjoyable episode. I think it kind of doesn't work for me, even though it's in chronological order with the movie coming up i you know it feels just a little bit wonky like i almost feel like it could have been placed after the movie i mean which it was i guess when it aired but you know you know what i'm saying like you know they could have tweaked it just a little bit and it could have been or kind of worked right alongside i guess uh, is what i'm trying to say you know that would have been a great b plot over the job of the hud son being kidnapped Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of myself there. <laughs> Wait, what happens? <laughs> nothing, John. You heard nothing. Okay. All right. Shh. These aren't the droids you're looking for. It's, it's not, not the, the plot, plot line you're, you're looking for. for. Yeah. Um, uh. No, I agree with you guys. For overall, it's enjoyable for me. I really do like it. And watching it in order is really changing my viewpoint on the way uh, the Clone Wars was told. Uh, I think though, like, like John said, it's the voice acting that just sold it. Like D Baker is just yeah. such an incredible voice actor, giving each clone their own kind of quirk in their voice. Uh, I think the episode would have been much, much weaker if it wasn't like that. Because you know you could have a great script, but if the performance is not there, I mean it's just gonna it's just gonna fall flat on its face. Absolutely. So the voice acting just yeah. elevated this episode to a whole nother level making the little issues with it agree kind of seem all right like i'll deal with it just because of that and i think you i think you're right i think this episode had great writing and it had great voice acting and you combine those two things and you've got a pretty powerful moment in clone history you know where where Mm -hmm. slick is is the traitor who is trying to do what he perceives to be the right thing. And all his clone brothers are like, wrong, try again. That's the exact wrong thing. And these are the same clones who eventually all do the wrong thing. Well, almost all of them with Order 66. And uh, I'm sorry to keep going back to the horror movie thing, but there was a lot of great paranoia in this episode. It was a whodunit uh plot yeah that kind of had that whodunit feel mm-hmm. yep what i liked how uh 
Rex and Cody kind of use their clone uh, hive mind, whatever. <laughs> I don't know if you would really call it that, but, you know, to 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 figure out what Slick would do and then trick him into yeah. revealing himself with the, the empty gun. And <laughs> hey, this. Why are you being so evil yeah, all, of a, all of a sudden? So. I know you want to get out, but damn. You're about to execute one of your brothers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, wonky, wonky third act for me because of stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. So yeah. overall, overall, pretty, pretty nifty episode. I, I dog it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that wraps up the Clone Wars Rewind for this week. Coming up next. Stay tuned. Yeah. Clone Wars movie. The Clone Wars movie. Movie. Which I saw in theaters. I I'm really that. looking forward to this. You saw you it, in the it in the theaters? No? No. I yeah, I, uh-uh. I saw it in the theater. And um, oh, and then I, I saw it Blu-ray. on Blu-ray when I bought it. And those are the only two times that I've seen it. Wow, really? Yeah, really. So I'm super stoked. Ooh, this is exciting. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been waiting to uh to get back at it and watch it. Um because those two things that happened, I mean, I hadn't seen the Clone Wars series. Um obviously there wasn't one when the movie came out. <laughs> and then um the same with the Blu-ray, and then I've I've since watched, you know, all of the Clone Wars series. Now I'm dying to go back and see the introduction of of some characters that I've grown to absolutely love and rediscover that movie for the first time in so many years. I'm super psyched and stoked and excited, and I can't wait. (laughs) I don't know when I'm going to be able to squeeze this in, but you know I'm going to devote two hours uh, sometime in the next few days to really, really scrutinizing this and and hopefully watching it completely uninterrupted, which would be which would be a miracle. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I, I cheated uh, a bit and I watched the first uh, ten minutes or so <gasps> after watching Hidden Enemy just to see how uh-huh. it connects. So I won't get into into my. My notes there, but yeah, okay, all right, save yeah. it for save next it week. For our next, yeah, <laughs> sweet. Uh, what's next? Uh, what's next on the program? Attack of the Fandom. All right, so Attack of the Fandom. Uh, for people that didn't catch our first episode, this is the part of the show where we just where we geek out about uh, other stuff we're, we're into. We all love Star Wars, but we got other stuff we watch, read, follow. So, uh, start with Cat Ray this week. Uh, sure, yeah. This this week my attack of the fandom is actually Star Wars related. <laughs> um, and this is for all, all or any uh, parents who listen to um, but I recently gave my children the uh, the OB one two three and ABC three PO books um, to to yeah oh yeah to help uh, 
to help encourage their love of Star Wars and indoctrinate them at their tender age of three and a half. <laughs> and uh, so, <laughs> and I just have to say that the books, um, which are written by uh, Calliope Glass and illustrated by Katie Cook, and they're super cute, and it's all, you know, there's a little, a little rhyme for every letter of the alphabet every number um you know includes all the characters from the prequels to the sequel trilogies so you know it spans the whole width of of star wars they're just really cute and the illustrations are super cute and my kids want to read them all the time so that was definitely a win a parenting win so that's my attack of the fandom for this week is if you're a parent or a grandparent john like me um, yeah then you should totally <laughs> give these give these to the young children the toddlers in your life and uh help encourage their love of star wars from an early age you should uh, you question, should be live tweeting these reading sessions live yeah, tweeting totally. yeah. yes big question <laughs> for me though are they um the board page books you know what i'm talking about Yes, or are I, they paper no, and pages? No, they, they are paper pages. Okay. So if yeah, you might need to be careful. They might need to be reserved <laughs> for a slightly older. So um, my grandson, who is not quite two, but real darn close to it, um, does better with those board back books. Yes, <laughs> than he does yeah. with paper books. Oh, and no, I, I I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> to watch out for those delicate paper oh, pages. Yeah. I, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. almost 25, and I still do better with those uh, board pages. Yeah. <laughs> board books. <laughs> I'm feeling it. I love it. I, I, I That's such a great thing. It's because it hits a couple of spots, you know. Obviously, introducing young children into Star Wars is something that I totally endorse. <laughs> and, uh, in fact... <laughs> Had dinner with uh, with my grandson Luca tonight, and uh, uh, he brought his plush R two D two toy to dinner with oh. him. Yeah, did you so, cry, John? Uh, did you, little tear in your eye, just little pride. Uh, you know, tear. I cry every day when he's around with little happy tears. <laughs> it's just I love it. This dude's so awesome, and he's going to be a big brother any day now. Oh, so I'll have another is. grandson. Ooh. Congratulations. Any day now, here it comes, right? Uh, so I'll have another <laughs> another grandson to add to the Gramperer's army. Yeah. Yeah. You already have lightsabers for them. Oh, we've got three at home, yeah. <laughs> nice, you know, if, nice. If, yeah. if children didn't scare me so much, I would be more optimistic <laughs> about starting a family at some point. <laughs> well, you're pretty young still. You've got no, time. Yeah, but babies uh, particularly scare me. Like I, I have like this weird paranoia. This weird. It's weird. <laughs> um, it's only because it's not your baby. Once that happens, it's it's a world changer. Dude. Like uh, I, I bumped into one of my uh, one of my students a couple like last year, right? And she had her her little niece with her. This adorable, beautiful little little girl. Most people. What? Oh my God, she's so beautiful, May. Hold her. Oh my God. You know, me. Hello, baby. How are you? <laughs> yes, you are a baby. Oh, do you want to hold her? Uh, 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 um, they're so delicate. Uh, oh my God, just 
I get anxious. I, I get anxiety around babies. They're they're pretty tough. Yeah, babies. Not I not mean. not trying to say that I, I I love children. I love babies. They're totally freaking cool. <laughs> my, my well, and at that age, they're made of rubber. You can't hurt them. You really can't. No, even they're not. Hurt they're pretty them. much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, to all you people who are afraid of babies like Adrian, <laughs> when you have when you have your own kids, it's a game changer. Your whole world changes. And then yeah. when your kids have kids, uh, those grandkids are the most incredible things in the world. I'm telling you right now. Damn, dude, you're making me cry. Take it from Grandpa John, boy. I, I, I got a little tear right now, too. Uh, what about... Okay, Adrian, what's what's your attack of the fandom this week? All right, Mr. Single Bachelor TV addict here. Uh, So season three of Fargo started. Um, Have you guys seen Fargo, the original movie? Oh, you know it, don't you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. You haven't seen Fargo, Cat Ray? Oh, my God, guys. No, of course I haven't. (laughs) Uh... She's got little kids. She can't have that oh, stuff God. in the house. Been out for like no, yeah, since 1996, so something like that. Yeah, yeah. I know all about the wood chipper. I mean, like you know, some things are cultural. Oh, yes, uh, Steve Buscemi. Right. No, but Buscemi's I never... big scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, you know, no, I have not seen the movie, but I've been interested in this season because exactly, and that's my Star Wars connection is, to it. Is it, it right? But uh, no. Okay, so yeah, Fargo is a is an anthology series based on the movie. Each uh each season is its mm-hmm. own self contained story that takes place in the same universe, uh, just different eras. So season one was two thousand six, I believe. Season two was uh the seventies, and now season three is two thousand ten. So it's a black comedy. And it's like the craziest, it's one of the craziest shows you will ever watch. So like Kat Ray said, this season uh, stars uh, Ewan McGregor, who's playing two characters. He plays twins. A very refined looking businessman that's charming and just, ha ha ha, I love everything. This weird, (laughs) balding, you know, deadbeat brother of his. And just seeing Ewan McGregor talking to Ewan McGregor. Like, that is, you know, fantastic. He's such a good actor uh, in that regard, too. Yeah. But uh, for people that haven't seen the original movie or any of the series, Kateri. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. The the <laughs> biggest draw for me is, like, the surreal realness. That's what I call it of the show. It's surreal realness. It's like this awkward juxtaposition that really drives the show. So season one, the marketing for that was a, like a knit cap, like a wool cap you put on during winter time. Really pretty, mm-hmm. you know, got the Christmas yeah. kind of decor on it. At first glance, you think, oh, that's nice. You look at the cap, though, and you really look at it. It's someone getting shot in the head. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Season two was a, was a nice looking <laughs> oh, quilt in the same fashion, but it's a bunch of violent scenes. Season three's marketing <laughs> campaign is a stamp collection, but all the stamps are these horrendous acts of violence it is like the weirdest weirdest uh comparison it's a really violent show but they treat the violence in this very mundane and ordinary way so the whole show has this odd sense right over it you know the violence that horrible violence is giving the same kind of feel as awkward banter between two characters 
Not to say that there aren't any really awesome action scenes too. But yeah, so if there's a scene of someone pick, cleaning up after their dog, there'll be a violent scene that feels the same way later on. Oh wow. I mean, this, this <sighs> the symbolism in the show is fantastic. Great plot, great characters, amazing acting. I well, yeah, you and McGregor playing two characters. What can you ask for? I mean, that's every actor's dream is to play, play twins. twins and to be able to do that sort of acting, like in Clone Wars, where you have the same actor portraying similar characters but making them totally different. And McGregor delivers in that regard, like the brothers couldn't be more different. Watching them uh, bicker was. It's cool, and it's edited in a way that you see them in the same shot at the same time, too. Wow! Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a, it's a wow. great show. So I highly, you've highly got me convinced, Fargo, and because it's an anthology, I'm setting the DVR. Because <laughs> it's an anthology, you can just start off in any season. You don't need to see season one or two, which you still should. But if you just wanted to watch <laughs> season three because of McGregor, I mean, it barely started. You're only, you're only one episode behind. Wow. Yeah. Right. I highly recommend it. All right. It. I'm in. Get on that. That's my Attack uh, of the Fandom this week. And for me, my Attack of the Fandom is also a TV show, uh, and it's on sci fi. It's uh, have you guys been watching or seen ads for Cosplay Melee? I've seen ads. I've seen for ads. Yeah. I haven't watched it. It's it's actually pretty good. It's a it's a competition reality show about they they gather all these cosplay folks and they put them in a competition on who can ma- who can create you know this whatever the specific genre character is um, and they start with one item and then they give them like something that goes into that item that they have to incorporate oh. and then from that. They whittle it down. They they have four contestants, and then they whittle it down to three. And the other three who survive make the full character. Oh, I see. Um, wow. Yeah. And, and then so you've got these three people making the, the cosplay character um, with elements, and then they always throw in extra stuff they all got to use, too. And it's it's <laughs> super, course. super cool and so much fun. And the one thing I like it is with a lot of reality shows like that, there's always that uh, that drama that I just mm-hmm. I'm not a drama fan. That's what ruins a lot of reality <laughs> television for me. But this it's different. I mean, it's like there's no drama. Nobody's trying to sabotage each other. In fact, at times they've kind of helped each other. And oh, awesome. um, yeah. And uh and then they they you know they come up with some really cool creative thing, and I mean even the ones that don't win are like oh my god that's epic, it's a great show, and I think there's, I think they're only like four episodes in at this point. I know I've got one mm-hmm. on the on the DVR waiting for me at home, and it's so much fun. And sometimes there's Star Wars references nice. in it, and I seriously. Uh, uh, I'm having fun watching this, and I would encourage others to take a peek at it too. If it's anything like Face Off was, cool. I'm I'm sold. It's it's ju- a lot like Face Off. Totally dope. Sounds cool. Yeah, I was a I was at a I told you guys I was at the 
El Paso Comic Con. A lot of cool cosplay this year. Yeah. While I was there. Yeah, tell us about uh, getting to meet <laughs> Alan Tudyk. Oh yeah. <sighs> how how was it meeting one of your heroes, Adrian? You know, let, let, let me let me put a little comparison <laughs> there first. I was standing. Uh, so so I paid for the photo op, right? So I could meet him and get a photo with him. Mm-hmm. It was about twenty minutes before uh before the line for that opened. So I was just kind of hanging out around there just to make sure I could get there a good spot. I was there for about 10, 15 minutes when I realized that Lou Ferrigno was in front of me that entire time. So the original Hulk, the guy that... Like right like in right, front right of Right you. in front of me. Like you could have been talking to Lou Ferrigno <laughs> like that whole I could have been time. talking to Lou Ferrigno the whole time <laughs> I wanted to. I was like, oh, <sighs> oh, it's... I mean, you can't see me on the... Obviously, there's no camera. It's a podcast. But, like, the face I'm making was like... <laughs> so, my real quick, my Lou Ferrigno story. Lou, Lou Ferrigno was my very first radio celebrity interview. Oh, really? Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like, I mean, obviously, I was, I was nervous. I mean, this is... It's the Hulk, for crying out loud. This was I'm I'm a child of the 70s and when when I was in grade school the incredible hulk was on TV and <laughs> and everybody knew who Lou Ferrigno was. I mean, the whole playground would play Hulk, you know. Oh, that sounds amazing. And uh and so we're talking to him on my uh, on our radio show. This was like my first year in radio, too. And uh and so I said uh I I I don't even know what the conversation how it got there but i asked him who would win in a fight you or schwarzenegger and he said what do you think it was just it's just like the perfect moment i'm like i think you'd kill him i mean what am i gonna say the hulk versus the terminator right yeah that's a whole nother podcast my friend <laughs> right seriously yeah but oh, anyway that's, really that's cool, my dude. ferrigno that's really story cool. you, you, my first radio you actually interv- talked to him superstar interview yeah 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 he yeah. was really cool too super cool guy that's dope i made him laugh at some point i can't remember what i said <gasps> did you fangirl oh i totally fangirl <laughs> well yeah so i didn't even realize ferrigno was in front of me and when i did i was like oh that's really cool. So that was my reaction to Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> Fast forward to when I'm meeting Alan Tudyk. And it is the first time I've ever been starstruck. I've always been one of those. Uh, yeah, there's just people, too. I'm not if I meet a celebrity. I'm not going to I'm not going to freak out. But. I they pull the curtain back. <laughs> you totally freaked they, out. They, yeah, they yeah. totally freaked out. They pull the bag off over my head because that's how much security they pretty much had. They were like that <laughs> far away from doing that. And he's right there. And the first thing he does is look at me, points at my shirt. It's like, hey, wearing team colors, and he hugs me. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, that's oh, cool. My God. So I'm I'm wearing a con man t-shirt. And a con man is a series he uh kickstarted. Uh, a couple of years back to uh, make it his way. It's a show he'd been trying to get made for a while, but whenever a network got involved, they would either kill it or try and make it something it wasn't. Oh, man. So 
for that reason, uh, Alan Tudyk has always been one of my favorite actors, right? Just because I love the characters he plays. But the way he handled the whole con man thing was it's inspiring for people like me, right? They didn't not yeah. we're not gonna compromise on the creative vision. I wanna make it this way. You're turning into something it's not. I'd rather not do it. But he got it made his way by reaching out to the fans he had. Like I contributed to the Kickstarter. That's how I got that shirt. That's how I got his autograph too. Mm-hmm. So I thought I totally have to wear this con man shirt. And it got me a hug. <laughs> hey, nice. All right. <laughs> so awesome. I, I, I'm telling him, sir, it's an honor to meet you. Uh, you're one of my geek heroes. Not just because, same reason, not just the characters you play, but the way you handle the whole con man thing. It's inspiring. Oh, I really appreciate it, man. That's really cool. All right. Just, you know, there was a line. I couldn't talk to him too long, but like, I really appreciate it. You're awesome. You're just mm-hmm. like a, that's like a good photo. And yeah, so I put the photo up on my, my socials and. Yeah, it was it was a surreal moment. Like I'm, I'm still kind of giddy it's about a great, it. <laughs> it's a great photo too, because I mean, yeah, it is. He it looks, looks just as happy to meet you as you are to meet him. <laughs> Someone asked me if I was about to cry. Usually when I'm, <laughs> usually when I'm in a photo with with one of my heroes, there's like a cop right there with a restraining <laughs> order, and this is just photographic evidence that they're handing it to me. Oh, hilarious. That's another thing, too. Like, they always say, uh, never meet your heroes. Alan Sudek is one of those you do meet, and you are not disappointed. He yeah. is just, like, he is just the nicest, nicest guy. And uh, he had his con man booth was there. Uh, I bought one of the last existing scripts, according to the guy there, for the entire, for the oh, entire wow. con man uh, season one. He wrote it. He autographed it. So I have his autograph again now there as, as a script. Which, oh, wow. you know, as a, cool. as a video producer, that's like a textbook for me now. That's how I justify spend, spending money on it. Yeah, no kid. <laughs> but yeah, totally. A, even the guy at the booth, he saw me with the shirt. Hey, come over here. Talk to me. Uh-huh. So it was it was just a, a great afternoon. Uh, I was volunteering at the con. The moment I got off, straight to the con man area, and yeah, it was it was yeah. a fantastic, fantastic uh, experience just meeting him. Yeah, I'm all giddy now again. <laughs> That's so cool. Good old K two. Good old K two. Yeah. Did he? Uh, did he give a? Was he on a panel or talking at any yeah, point? Yeah, yeah, he was a uh, in a panel that because <sighs> I, I was volunteering, I couldn't go, but I, I but I snuck uh, away no. for a bit. I sent <laughs> no. you guys that photo. Like he's talking about that time he slept yeah. Diego yeah. Luna, and it's it's all it's and it, <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. It's all, Tell us about that. <laughs> I mean, I, I snuck away from my booth. Like uh, the the supervisor lady that was there with me, she's also a, a two dick uh, fanboy fangirl. Oh, so cool. we were like, yeah, he's talking right now at the panel. I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. And uh, she snuck away from. She suddenly disappeared. I'm like, where is she? Then she came back. It's like, yeah, I was inside. <laughs> oh, go ahead, I'll cover you. Really? Yeah, awesome. So I was there for a good five minutes, just. Again, just like I'm in the same room as Alan Tudyk. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> but then the other supervisor lady came in and started yelling at me because I left. There were a bunch of us Uh-oh. there that left their post. It's like, nope, everyone out, out right now. It's like, but it's Alan Tudyk. But whatever. So I got yelled at. I don't care. I got to see him talk a little bit. 
uh, the local fiber fiber first chapter was there so they they eventually made their oh, way yeah. to the room uh they uh indoctrinated him into the chapter an honorary member gave him a plague it was a it was cool, a cool then everyone walks out alan tudyk obviously wasn't with the crowd that walked out but the fiber first came out taking photos with everyone it was it was it was That's just a cool. funky geek. the one of the best parts there i was at my booth again right I take up my phone. I'm just kind of scrolling, looking down. I, th- I think I was talking with you guys actually about the whole thing. But yeah, <laughs> and out of my my peripheral vision, out the side of my, I, I see people show up. Right, I just see a big glob of white. I'm like, okay, what's next to me? Then I see another big thing of white on my other side. I'm like, uh-huh. so I look up and I just see two stormtroopers just <laughs> there at attention, sitting next to me. They just completely <laughs> surrounded me. I'm like, oh. so I slowly take out my phone. I turn to the stormtrooper. I'm like, you know, I have to do this, right? Go ahead. Ah. <laughs> I'll post that too. It was just such a, nice. it was such a good day. So yeah, uh, no, yeah, that's, that's my. Awesome. Alan, I got to meet Alan Tudyk story, and Lou Ferrigno, I guess, to an extent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the point was, yeah, a lot of cool cosplay there, too. That was weapons check, so I got to check all the fake weapons they were bringing in. Oh, cool. All so right. I talked <laughs> to a lot of cosplayers that day. Yeah. Really, really oh, I cool. bet. What was, what was the most, what's the most original? Oh, okay. I've been making to post this one. Oh, the most original one? The coolest one. The one I, just, I geeked out bad. Yeah. Was uh, this little girl and her brother. So her her dad was a Mandalorian, full fledged, okay. you know, mm-hmm. red armor. I'll post a photo later too. Yeah, I'll put it on the Facebook so you guys can see just how epic this little girl was, in particular. All right. At first, I thought she was just like another weird Mandalorian, right? Like an original design. No. She had red hair coming out from underneath the helmet. Her armor was like this aqua green. She had seashells on the breastplate. I'm like, holy crap, that's Ariel. <gasps> She's Little She's Mermaid. Little mermaid. <laughs> awesome. But she is just rocking nice. it. This Ariel Fett is what uh, they called him. They called her. Ariel Fett. Oh, that's but so epic. I gotta see it. so well done. Like, you could tell the dad just totally went all out. Her little brother was uh-huh. uh, Michelangelo Fett. So I thought he had a jetpack. He had a turtle uh-huh. shell. Nice. Oh, that's killer. And I'm like, sir... <laughs> Oh, that's this is great. gonna sound weird. I need to take a photo with your kids. <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, totally. So I geeked out with just how creative that was, and just how well made it was. How they were rocking it. Yeah, it was totally sounds totally awesome. Cool. Yeah, definitely post yeah, that I photo. Do that ASAP. <laughs> that that that's the coolest one I saw. A lot of nice. Deadpool's too. A couple of Wolverines I had to turn away because the claws were too sharp. Oh, really? (laughs) Yep. Really? Dang it. Yeah, I felt bad, but (laughs) my supervising lady actually Wouldn't you just, at this point, make Nerf claws? I saw a bunch of cardboard claws and Nerf claws, too, but some of these guys went all out and made steel claws that were actually pointed. Like, the edges weren't sharp, but the points were... Like I said, my my supervising lady kind of pricked her finger a little... Uh huh. So it's like no, 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 no. Sorry, guys. Too pointy. Yeah. 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 
sounds like it was a good time. Now if I could just meet Mark Hamill, I could die in peace. Oh, man. Maybe someday. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) He's not coming to El Paso, I'll tell you that much. No, probably not. Next hour celebration. The one the yeah. one we're all going to, right? Right? Right, right. That's right. Yeah. San Diego Comic Con, maybe someday in my dreams. Oh, me too. Someday, but not today. <laughs> it just seems like it would be so overwhelming though. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, celebration might be the same way. So now, the way everyone's been talking about it in the other podcasts, it just sounds like it sounds exhausting to be honest. Just being there but exhausting in the best way oh yeah yeah, i don't doubt it so still though just to be there and go see all the people in their cosplay and yeah well it's like star wars mecca i think we all have to go at some point we have to make the journey to mecca pilgrimage yeah you know we just have to make (laughs) this podcast incredibly successful so we can live off of it and then go that's not a tall order at all not at all come on fine make enough so we can go to these things and talk to people just to just enough to go i don't know that we'll be able to make a living off to live off yeah think bigger don't think at all just kidding yeah Uh, Yeah. dream big dreams that's right okay well if we're thinking big i want to own lucasfilm too big (laughs) <laughs> Let's make the the podcast big enough so we can write all Fine. the stories. You can ourselves. own Lucasfilm. You can give me a directing job on a Star Wars movie. Let me make my horror movie. Uh, done deal. All right. all right. Audio audio evidence right here. Winning. Borgullet, right. a Star Wars story. <laughs> Borgullet, a Star Wars story. Uh, You're gonna need a bigger boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So on that note, I think it's about time we should uh, wrap up here. <laughs> Sounds um, good. You can follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, at uh, Force Fan Podcast. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Lab Pro. I post cool little nuggets like that, like that photo that I'm going to post later and other little things if you want to see them. Uh, you can follow me uh, on Twitter and Instagram at CatRay. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ThatJohnFred. Cool. Uh, we're all expecting CatRay to live tweet her, her next bedtime story with her kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so have that to look forward to. Let me... Yeah, let let me get to the point where my kids can read it, and then I'll post a video of my kids reading their (laughs) Star Wars books. But uh, next week, we're going to have a special episode to uh, celebrate May 4th uh, and and talk about how we like to celebrate Star Wars in our everyday lives. Got some cool stuff lined up for that. I'm excited. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Yeah, so on that note, Thank you for joining us again. Uh, Remember, we are all the Force. We are the Force. Uh, See you guys next week. All right. See you guys. May the Force be with you.